Adarusumab is a monoclonal antibody fragment with high affinity for dabigatran, reversing its anticoagulant effects within minutes. Patients with acute ischemic stroke on dabigatran treatment may become eligible for thrombolysis without TPA. In patients on dabigatran with intracerebral hemorrhage, Adarusumab could prevent lesion growth. I'm Carmen Lev Jenkins, Managing Editor of the International Journal of Stroke, and I spoke to Dr. Paul Kermer from Krakenhaus Sanderbusch, Neurology and Sander, Germany, submitting author of the paper Antagonizing Dabigatran by Adarusumab in cases of ischemic stroke or intracranial hemorrhage in Germany, an updated series of 120 cases. My name is uh, Pavel Kermer. I'm talking to you from uh, Germany. The northern part of Germany, a small town close to uh, the city of Oldenburg. I'm a director of a neurological department here in uh, this uh, secondary uh, hospital. I'm a professor of neurology and did my, uh, or got my credits in uh, La Jolla and uh, Göttingen. And I'm talking to you today uh, because uh, we here in the small city of Sanderbusch were the first ones who uh, did an intravenous thrombolysis after application uh, of idorosizumab for the reversal of uh, dabigatran anticoagulation effects. Fantastic. So thank you so much for submitting the article, Antagonizing Dabigatran by Idarusumab in Cases of Ischemic Stroke or ICH in Germany. Let's get into the questions. So what are NOACs and how do they work? And so by NOACs, of course, just for people listening, I'm talking about novel oral anticoagulants. So what are they and how do they work? So the NOACs are not that novel anymore, but um, several years ago we uh, only had uh, substances like uh, warfarin and uh, in Europe it's uh, Makuma for the anticoagulation of patients who suffer an ischemic stroke while uh, presenting with uh, atrial fibrillation. Uh, when the NOACs came on the market, these uh, are substances who either inhibit uh, factor 10 or inhibit uh, factor two. There are four substances on the market, three for factor 10A inhibition and one for factor two uh, inhibition. And the one uh, who is the uh, idrosizumab four is uh, the one that inhibits factor two, that's uh, term is dabigatran. And idrosizumab is um, an uh, antibody fragment with a 350 times higher affinity for dabigatran than dabigatran has to inhibit to inhibit uh, has to um, um, or higher than the affinity of dabigatran to thrombin. Thrombin is factor two, so dabigatran inhibits factor two and thereby um, exerts its anticoagulant effect. And when idabrisizumab is applied, this kind of uh, um, sucks dabigatran out of the binding to thrombin and thereby restores uh, hemostasis in this patient within several minutes. So you've explained, obviously, that idorosumab is a reversal agent. That's correct, isn't it? It is, yes, definitely. And when and what situations would you use idorosumab in the clinical setting? So idorosumab was approved in the end of 2015 and was approved for two situations. Uh, one situation is a um, life-threatening bleeding complication. And for us neurologists, intracranial bleeding always is life-threatening. But on the other hand, it's approved for um, uh, urgent interventions like emergency surgery or, or 
similar things. Um, and the situation in which a patient shows up with signs of ischemic stroke under the Vigatran therapy. This is for neurologists, neurologists again, uh, an emergency situation because normally when the patient uh, shows up within 4.5 hours of symptom onset, you would uh, apply IV thrombolysis. But when an uh, anticoagulation is in effect, this, uh, this is a strict contraindication for the application of RTPA, so the agent that does the IV thrombolysis. So the idea came up that idorosizumab might be also an on-label treatment for those patients who uh, have a strict contraindication in, uh, for IV thrombolysis. So you've done this study in quite a few centres across Germany, is my understanding. Um, could you explain mm -hmm. what centres were involved um, in this study? So when we started out to, to do that, and I in, in the beginning of my presentation, I uh, told you that um, we were the first doing this. Uh, that was presented, of course, and then several people showed up. Man, we, we want to do this as well. And we did patients, so we started collecting. And uh, when we had a first series of uh, 32 patients that were also published in the uh, International Journal of Stroke, um, we asked ourselves how we can continue because there was no registry, no randomized study that uh, uh, looked for clinical outcome parameters. Uh, and we agreed um, with several uh, experts in the field that it might be beneficial to uh, ask uh, centers to collect their cases. So what we did was we um, contacted by regular mail all neurosurgical and all neurological departments all over Germany. This was uh, roughly over 400 uh, letters that we sent. And we asked all the colleagues um, to collect data on the patients that they treated with idorosisoma. And as I told you, there were two situations in which we do this, intracranial bleeding and in case of ischemic stroke. And we got replies from 61 centers all over Germany, partly neurosurgical, mostly neurological departments. Um, and what was a really surprising thing was that in two-thirds two of, of cases, uh, idorosisumab was not applied in case of intracranial bleeding, which was our understanding before that that might be the majority of patients, but it was not. 80 patients received idorosisumab indeed to uh, gain eligibility for IV thrombolysis. So the number of patients that still suffer signs of ischemic stroke under uh, effective anticoagulation outnumber those patients who uh, uh, have to experience a bleeding complication. And when you look in those numbers in more detail, this is quite convincing because some people might think, okay, how can this be? So many people suffer ischemic stroke when they are under an effective therapy. And let me shortly explain that if you take like 1,000 strokes a year, we are here in Santa Bush, we treat 1,000 to 1,200 strokes a year. And if you take these 1,000 strokes and you say, okay, maybe 20% are cardioembolic, uh, cardioembolic and associated with atrial fibrillation, then you come up with a number of patients of 200, you anticoagulate them with any uh, um, drug that is uh, available, you will uh, decrease the risk of uh, recurrent stroke by two-thirds. So if you take two-thirds of those patients, you still end up with roughly 50 patients who are on effective anticoagulation that will show up with signs of ischemic stroke uh, in a year. So this is quite a high number of patients that could benefit from this uh, more or less still novel treatment. Could I say that I was under the impression that there were a lot of potential 
reversal agents or treatments for ICH via idarusumab or similar to idarusumab. Why is idarusumab optimum choice? The advantage, I think, from my point of view for idarusumab is that it acts so fast. So you infuse two vials of idarusumab and within 10 minutes your hemostasis is uh, back to normal. So when we look in our data of this 120 uh, cases of uh, that were treated with idarusumab, um, in those patients in which we got information about from being time before idarusumab application and afterwards, I can tell that in 100% of patients that uh, have this uh, values available from being time was normal 10 minutes after infusion of this drug. And this is very, very fast. So this enables you, even if the symptoms of stroke have already been there for three hours, if you just lose 10 minutes to regain eligibility and then apply your, your um, uh, thrombolysis drug, the RTPA, this is really, really fast. It does not really um, prolong the time uh, in which the brain is ischemic. When a patient shows up with neurological deficits that might account for stroke, then you have to do a CT scan. And the CT scan will reveal if this is a hemorrhagic stroke, so intracranial bleeding, or if this is an ischemic stroke. And so you stratify the uh, patients uh, up front in the emergency room uh, already. So um, that way you can separate these uh, cohorts uh, naturally, so to speak, and then decide uh, if the patient is eligible or not eligible for uh, athethrombolysis and then decide if uh, idrocytosomab has to be applied in the case of ischemic stroke. Or if we uh, have to um, more or less stop bleeding or try to stop bleeding and um, try to avoid secondary hematoma enlargement, which is worst case, which is function, functionally or, or um, functionally the most important thing to avoid for the patients and uh, the, um, sorry, now I'm a little bit lost. No, I, I feel like I threw a really messy question at you. I apologize unreservedly. If you'd like, we could just move on to how would you summarize the case study results? So the Summary of the study is that uh, we now have a new treatment option to treat patients with uh, one of the four columns of acute therapy in acute ischemic stroke by regaining the eligibility for uh, um, IV thrombolysis by RTPA. And the other thing is that we have a, um, a substance at hand uh, with which we can um, restore hemostasis quite fast and thereby, hopefully, in bigger registries, show that uh, the data that we collected, uh, speaking, decreased mortality in, uh, in case of ICH, decreased rate of uh, secondary hematoma enlargement, that uh, we can repeat this uh, data in large registries, which are currently ongoing in Germany already, in which we will compare the patients who received either rosizumab with a cohort an historical cohort that had ICH under uh, warfarin or the fenprocumone in uh, Europe. And this will then in the end prove that what we suggest, that benefit, that there is clinical benefit in terms of hematoma enlargement and survival of the patients, that this can be uh, really reproduced in large cohorts, which can, which can be compared to other patients who receive different treatment. And in case of the uh, ischemic stroke, I think it's a new option and uh, we will see how this can be established in the 
routine treatment options in, on, on daily emergency room treatments. It has been already introduced in the guidelines of the European Heart Rhythm Association that uh, in such cases by restoring hemostasis, uh, IV thrombolysis can be applied. And I hope this, that this paper fosters application in daily routine and uh, will guide the way or, or uh, uh, enable us to introduce these treatment options into European and international stroke guidelines. You've been listening to a podcast interview with Dr. Paul Kermer from Krakenhaus Sanderbusch, the Department of Neurology at Sander, Germany. And he's the submitting author of the paper Antagonizing Dibigatran by Idarusumab in cases of ischemic stroke or intracranial hemorrhage in Germany, an updated series of 120 cases. The International Journal of Stroke is the flagship publication of the World Stroke Organization. Please do consider becoming a member. If you enjoy our podcast series, please consider leaving a review. We have it on good authority that this helps others to find us. Thanks for listening and stay safe out there.